0: get into that apologies for that phone if you um, just uh, heard that noise I do apologize uh, let me switch this off um, I am on holiday working uh, but uh, people still want to get hold of me but they probably know that I'm about to speak to a very special person um, that it's really good to have him back hello Brasan, welcome and how are you my friend
1: Oh, I can't hear. Hi, Bharat. First of all, it's so good to be here again. I think it's been a long time. Can you hear me now?
0: Yeah, yeah, loud and clear.
1: Loud and clear. Yeah, I was just saying, it's it's great to be back here. It's been a long time. Um, I think a couple of bouts of illness, a few vacations, and uh, we're finally here. So, good to be here. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, really good. Really good. Like I said, I'm on holiday at the moment, so taking a break. I was away last week in Devon, which was really really nice for the first time in. I can't remember how long, but uh, yeah, it's to, been good to get away from it all. But uh, you can never get away from sports and you can never get away from cricket, especially. Uh, so it's good to be back talking about cricket as well. Um, how have you been for the past few weeks? Because it has been a while since we've spoken.
1: Well, to be honest, it's it's it, the Lord's win hasn't sunk in yet. I think uh, one of India's best wins for a long, long time uh, after that Australian tour that happened. Uh, but yeah it's been pretty fun I think uh, with the IPL coming up and India's store of Sri Lanka finishing and Indias sort of England starting I think there's been a lot of cricket that's kept us occupied um it's been very very fun to cover it you know staying at home isn't fun but uh, to cover sports always sort of makes up for it so it's been it's been good uh, it's been hectic uh, but you can't really complain when sports is what's keeping you hectic
0: Yeah, and I was thinking about our show from um, a few, well, probably a month or two months back when we did the top 10 moments of Indian cricket. And I thought this would certainly go into that uh, top 10. And uh, the way the Indian team was performing, we should do that sort of a top 10 every year because that was an outstanding performance. But we will get into that because there's a lot to catch up on. Um, and you mentioned the Sri Lanka tour, which seems a distant memory now, but I remember us talking about it quite a bit while it was going on, uh, got affected really badly with the COVID uh, bubble being broken and that's brought the T20 series. But looking back, um, how do you think that tour went and uh, any lessons learned by
1: the Indian board, Indian selectors? Well, I think it was always going to be a matter of experimentation. Um, when they picked the squad uh, straight away, you could see that it was all about giving chances to youngsters who have done well in the IPL. Uh, I wouldn't say it went as per plan. It certainly didn't go as per plan. We didn't expect to lose 2-1 to Sri Lanka in the T20 series, um, considering how much of uh, turmoil that Sri Lanka has been. Uh, but that just goes on to uh, you know speak so much about how T20 cricket is unpredictable on, on any given day. Uh, any given team can... And beat another team if they're in good form, if the players you know uh, find their uh, rhythm on that given day. And the way one in the hasaranga bowled, especially in the third T20, uh, 81 for eight, I think isn't isn't a good score by any means. Um, you know, we did have only five batsmen, people might say they didn't pick enough players, but uh, where were the players? We didn't have any players to pick from, uh, we we had only five batsmen to play. Uh, Kumar walking in at six seven, Kuldeep mm. Yadav the highest scorer in that match with 23 to his name. It was a very, very weird series, if I can put it that way, um, because we didn't expect to lose in the way that we did. Um, but I think that that goes on to show that, uh, you know, how much ever you do well in the IPL, uh, international cricket is a different ball game altogether. Um, Rahul Dravid did mention that he wanted a lot more out of his batsmen, uh, but it's a big learning curve for them. All of them were youngsters in the team just coming off uh, maybe one or two IPL seasons. So, Overall, um, uh, not too disappointed, but I'd I definitely say that the batsmen could have applied themselves a lot better. Uh, the second T20i 132, the third T20i 81 uh, weren't exactly um, acceptable scores, if I can put it that way. But um, I think there's a lot to learn. And with the seniors back uh, for the T20 World Cup, I think it'll be something uh, great to watch out for.
0: Yeah, it was disappointing with the T Twenty series because that's the main reason, you know, the, the tour was put together to give some people a chance to make it into the World Cup squad, and it was uh, disappointing and uh, you know sad that it got spoiled by that uh, COVID bubble being broken and we lost so many players that would have played in that T Twenty series. But in the One Day series, I think we dominated with this um, B team of ours against the Sri Lankan very strong team at home. Um, so, that was good to see. But just a couple of players I want to mention and see what your thoughts are on whether you think they've made it into the squad. Uh, obviously, we've got the IPL, so you never know what could happen. But just based on that, um, Surya Kumariadev, I think most people would think should be in the squad. And what are your thoughts on Bhubi?
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm not too sure about Buvi to be very honest, because I don't think he's hit his straps yet. Uh, Unfortunately for him, he won't have the IPL to prove his worth because I think the team, I mean, the boards need to submit their final uh, squads by September 15th, and uh, September 19th is when the IPL starts. So, um, that Sri Lanka series was probably his best bet. I think in the first game uh, or one of those games, he picked up four wickets and uh, he did look good. um, But given the fitness concerns and given his recent uh, uh, form in the IPL, I'm not too sure if uh, he's going to be a sure shot uh, pick. I definitely think he will be in the squad, um, you know, obviously, given the fact that Bumrah, Deepak Chahar, Shami are all in the ahead of the pecking order. I, I'd say that uh, Buhi isn't uh, a sure shot pick for me. Uh, in terms of Surya Kumar Yadav, I think he certainly should not only make the squad, but also make the 11. Uh, a player who's as versatile as Surya, obviously, deserves that um, recognition. That And obviously, he scored a half century as well. He's He's been really, really good for the Mumbai Indians. Uh, He can float up and down the batting order. So, I think a player as good as him should certainly make the squad. And I really hope he does. And also, uh, you know, sort of land his spot in that uh, first 11.
0: And um, what about Hardik? He didn't have the best of uh, series. Um, He didn't look fit, if I can say that. Um, What do you think about his chances? Or is it simply because we are so short of um, um, all-rounders of that calibre? Uh, obviously, we won't mention one player who could replace him, uh, a, a favourite of uh, our colleague Sheshwitz. Um Do you think Hardik's <laughs> done enough or should be in there?
1: Yeah, I think I think Hardik's certainly making the squad, uh, simply because of his exploits in the recent past. I feel, um, obviously, we did see him bowl uh, a, a fair bit in the Nets um, in the series and we obviously didn't get to see much of him. Um, you know, obviously he didn't play the last game, and uh, you know he didn't bowl uh, much as well. But I mean, in in terms of what he brings to the table, I think we don't have too many finishers, um, you know, apart from Rishabh Pant and probably off late Ravindra Jadeja. Um, so I think Hardik Pandya certainly makes the squad in my opinion. Um, the only problem there is, you know, if if we play both Rishabh Pant and Hardik Pandya in the eleven, that just means we're going to be a bowler short if Hardik Pandya can't bowl. Um, so I think him making the squad is a certainty. But uh, he'll have to bowl quite a bit in the IPL to prove his fitness and to prove that he can uh, bowl as well. Because obviously, we're going to be playing on the same conditions in the UAE uh, for the D20 World Cup as well. So, if he can get himself to bowl a few overs for the Mumbai Indians, uh, get himself into that fitness, I think uh, he'll definitely walk into the 11 as well.
0: And does he walk into the 11 if he can bowl for, for four overs?
1: I mean, obviously, or- he's, he's a
0: because he's, he's a better commodity with both bat,
1: ball and on the field as well,
0: yeah. his batting of
1: late, as Yeah, been... off late, uh, he's, he's just been batting, yeah, yeah. So, when... yeah, I mean, yeah, his, his batting of late certainly hasn't been great. Uh, you know, he hasn't hit his taps. he's uh, he sort of struggled, he certainly did struggle with the bat, and uh, those aren't great signs, but um, you know, obviously, Hardik Pandya, what he brings to the table, it's like. It's like when Rishabh Pan basically fails in a test match, Kohli or whoever it is in the team just basically backs him uh, to come good. And they keep saying that's the way he plays. We're not going to change anything about it. So I think Hardik Pandya certainly will use this phase two of the IPL to get himself back into form. Um, I think it will be very important for him to first bat himself into form and then find a way he can get to bowl as well. Um, because I think he's a he's a better commodity with the bat, uh, this slog overs, and obviously if he can chip in with a few overs, maybe two or three, maybe not four, um, that'll also be very useful. So I think it's going to be a very very important IPL, specifically for Hardik Pandya, because he's going to be a very important for a, a player for us going into the T Twenty World Cup.
0: And anybody else that I couldn't see have um, been you know can put themselves in front of the selectors from the sri lanka tour that you think should be considered
1: um i'm not entirely sure but I, I i don't i think varun Chakravarti has certainly made a good case for himself uh with the way he bowled and you know with the variations that he had uh, he certainly troubled the batsman quite a bit rahul chahar also looked pretty good um, you know in in the one game uh, that he played and he picked up wickets so uh, one player who probably is uh, is probably you know not happy with the way things went as uh, yuvraj Chahel because obviously uh, after that ipl you know he didn't play much in the england series didn't do much in the sri lanka series as well so for him to make that 11 um, you know with rahul chahar and varun Chakravarti hot on his heels will be very very important um given that he he was underbold in the first phase of ipl i think it'll be interesting to see where virat kohli places chahel in terms of not just rcb but overall in the indian picture so um, i i think rahul chahar and Chakravati have certainly made a good case for themselves and one more guy who probably um, would not be happy with the way things went is sanju samson obviously that inconsistency uh, everyone's been talking about it he he's, he struggled against pin bowling uh, and for him to sort of make make a comeback and uh, prove his worth would be very very hard uh, given that the phase 2 of the ipl won't there won't be too many matches to play um, so, I think Chahal and um, Sanju Samson have, have probably undone themselves in some sense. And Rahul Chahar and Varun Chakravarti have made a strong case for themselves. Even a year,
0: a year ago, you would have thought um, uh, Chahal would have been a, a shoe win for the T20 World Cup. Uh, but it just goes to show the strength. And we've said it so often, you know, it goes without saying that uh, there's so many options now that even people like him are under pressure. Uh, Hardik, you could probably understand, you know, from what you say that He's that one player that you could probably afford to have in the fifteen-man squad because of what he could potentially bring, and um, he could raise his game from the IPL, like you said as well. But that's not an option for Chahal, is it?
1: No, absolutely not. Because uh, the problem is he just gives you four overs, and um, you know there are many bowlers who can give you four overs. Uh, given that the IPL has produced so many talents, um, and the problem I think with Chahal is that uh, he sort of he sort of lost his confidence um you can see that in the way ob- obviously like i keep saying he was under-bowled in the ipl um he didn't bowl too much against england as well and uh, the fact that he didn't pick up too many wickets against sri lanka either is probably signs of him dwindling in terms of form uh, and with rahul chahar and varun chakravarty doing really well um, you know mystery spin is something that's heralded and spoken about so much so uh, varun chakravarty also was a part of the you know t20 side before he was injured in the previous series and now that he got his chance, he did relatively well. So I think Chahal certainly is under pressure. I'm sure he knows that, um, you know, his job isn't going to be easy moving forward. Uh, but like you said, you know, probably a year ago, you'd, you'd have considered Chahal to be a show-in in the side. And uh, I'm, I'm sure he probably is even now that he'll certainly make the squad. Uh, but for him to sort of uh, cement his place in, there, in the eleven will certainly depend on how he goes in the IPL. So a very important IPL for both Chahal and Hardik uh, Pandya, in my opinion.
0: But you said that the uh, squads have to be in before the IPL starts. So would you risk Jhel?
1: Um, I'm I'm sure he'll certainly make the uh, squad. Um, really? You know, given that he has been Virat Kohli's go-to spinner in the past um, one and a half two years. Yeah, I certainly think so because leg spinners are obviously worth their weight in gold, especially in the limited overs format. Um, he also certainly has the experience. Um, and obviously he he's a bowler who's blossomed under Virat Kohli. Uh, you know, Kohli has transformed Chahel into the bowler that he is. And uh, given that they've worked together for so many years, I certainly think they will they will pick him in the 15-man squad. I'd be surprised if they don't. Um, but that said, I wouldn't be surprised if they have another backup uh, for Chahal in the form of Rahul chahar or Varun Shakhtarvati. So, uh, I think he'll make the 15-man squad. But uh, he'll need to have a really, really good IPL to take that confidence into the t 20 World Cup.
0: Yeah and and one thing I one job I wouldn't like is to be that uh, in that selection committee because that is going to be a very very tough meeting in terms of who gets into the 15 man squad obviously there certain people that are already penned in but you know there's so so many like you said to, to pick from that there are going to be a lot of disappointed young men but the good thing is there's another T20 World Cup next year, so they won't have too long to wait until they get another chance. But uh, that's something that we'll talk about once it's announced, and obviously we'll do shows around the World Cup as well. But uh, just to talk about the bench strength and how tough it is in Indian cricket, one of the big news for me, certainly, was hearing about uh, Unmok Jan's withdrawal from Indian cricket and uh, selection. Um, I was really surprised by that. Um, you know uh, incredible talent uh, young man that you know led us to a world cup win and when you see the other people that led us to under 19 world cup wins they all went to have glittering careers and are having glittering careers at the moment what went wrong for the young man although he's 28 now but obviously when he won the world cup he was a
1: young man with a lot of potential what happened um i'm 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 not i can't really you know, point at one particular thing that went wrong with Umesh Chand. I think it was a whole bunch of things that went wrong with him. Um, you know, you know, right when he announced his retirement, if you if you followed the chain of reactions or chain of replies that came to that one tweet, most of them were about Brett Lee castling him on the first ball of that IPL uh, tournament that happened where he was bowled of the first ball of the tournament. And that just goes on to show how much pressure that Mm -hmm. social media can put on an individual, how much it can influence an individual's career and things like that. Um, And I just actually went back to see that 2012 Under-19 World Cup squad that was there that represented India. And surprisingly enough, I, I could see only three names or rather two names that have gone to make it big. Hanuma Bihari and Sandeep Sharma. Everyone else, they've done well in the domestic circuit. Uh, they've done well in the white ball form, uh, sorry, red ball format more than the white ball format. Um, names like Prashant Chopra, um, you know, Rush Kalaria, Unmuk Chand himself. Uh, he obviously played for Delhi, and then he went on to play for Uttarakhand. It it just seemed like you know Chand's career was not going anywhere. Obviously, he played for India as well, but he's been criticised so many times. That I think. Kapil Dev also once went on stage and famously said that uh, uh, Unmukchan missing out on that India camp to attend a private seminar was not something that he uh, wanted. You know, in, in terms of a, in terms of what the Indian structure was at that point in time. Um, so I think overall the 2012 under-19 batch was probably cursed in my opinion because 2016 saw a lot of players going through. Uh, 2018 saw a lot of players: Prithvi Shaw, Shubman Gill. Uh, Riyan Parag. So many players going into 2020, obviously, also uh, saw a lot of players coming into the system. Um, the, I, I think the real problem with 2012 was that by then, the IPL had already become a good model. Um, in 2008, obviously, the players were coming in fresh. Um, teams wanted fresh talent, so they picked almost everyone from the under 19 squad that they had. But in 2012, I think uh, four years into the IPL, teams knew what they wanted, so they didn't really pick these youngsters. And since then, since 2016, IPL has become so big that they want youngsters, they want to infuse new talent. So, I think that the transition or the middle phase of the IPL was where Unmukh team was done in. Uh, and more so himself, because I think he tried to do a lot of things. I, I think even a few years back, he did try his hand at broadcasting because his cricket career wasn't going anywhere. Um, he was obviously touted to be the next Virat Kohli. He certainly had the strokes. Uh, he had the reputation. He had the talent. But unfortunately, it never translated so much into white ball cricket as much as it did from red ball cricket, where he did for a couple of centuries. Um, so I think it, it's a mix of him not getting chances and the fact that uh, he probably didn't do too well in the IPL. And by then, because the IPL had become such a big deal, um, he did sort of fall into the shadows.
0: And it also goes to show the pressure that the young people are on. Um, you know, he's still 28, but he's obviously been through the mill where he's just not been able to get on top of it because he's been under pressure since winning that World Cup because you get an automatic tag when you do so well at a young age because you've got so many predecessors who've gone on to, even at that time, who went on to have, like I said earlier, fantastic careers, that you're automatically under pressure to perform. And, um, you know, you mentioned the Brett Lee ball, but it just needs a sort of different mentality. And the person that I was comparing him to in a certain way was pretty sure in the sense that he obviously won the World Cup, but then it went under so much scrutiny and pressure. Especially, we saw what happened in Australia. But he's had the mental toughness to work it out and come back, and is in the in England at the moment. And that's the difference. You just need another level of mental toughness, don't you?
1: Absolutely, I think Indian cricket is more about mental toughness than character, or rather, uh, the talent that you have, because the talent is obviously there and. Uh... Your name won't even come into discussion if you don't have the talent. So I think it, it certainly is about mental uh, mental pressure, how you handle that, how you how you prove yourself as a character, um, how you sort of manifest into a person who can uh, handle that social pressure, be it bouquets or brickbats. Uh, but I think more than that, uh, unmukh certainly didn't get as many chances as he probably should have. Um, he did get his chances on the India it Tours. He did get his chances in the IPL. But obviously, more so in the IPL, he didn't convert his chances. He didn't score big. Uh, he scored big in the red ball format. But by then, I think we had a settled team of senior players under Dhoni's leadership. And there was no chance for Unmukh to sort of fit into that uh, team that we already had. Um, so I think that's where it all went wrong for him. He probably was playing cricket at a time where it was, uh, uh, you know, the Indian cricket had already settled into a good atmosphere under Dhoni. And uh, so, obviously, he didn't get as many chances as he probably should have. So, uh, overall, I think he was undone by the time in which he came into play cricket. Um, him winning the under-19 World Cup in 2012, uh, you know, didn't really mean much at that point in time, probably, uh, given that there weren't too many spots up for grabs. So, uh, really unfortunate. Um, obviously, I hope he goes well in the in the USA league that he's playing. I think he's playing for a team called. Silicon strikers, if I'm not wrong, or yeah, something like he, that.
0: I don't know. I read um, somewhere that his first outing didn't go too well.
1: Yeah, it didn't go too well there either. I hope he makes his chances count there at least because I'm you, sure he knows how it feels when he doesn't get it right.
0: And do you think this is the nature of things at the moment where a young person, you know, uh, if he doesn't make it in the IPL, he, he doesn't want to play Ranji? Do you think we've got to that stage? Because obviously, with IPL, even if you don't make the national team, you're still going to earn. Good living. I'm not saying Ranji but players don't, but it's a grind, isn't it? Ranji Trophy, state cricket is a grind compared to the IPL. Uh, That uh, players are going to, we're going to see more of this. That, you know, if they have a couple of bad seasons in the IPL, then don't get in the auction and don't get picked. That they're going to give up on the game.
1: No, I think you bring up a very, very valid point. And uh, I did speak to Manpreet Boney as well, Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. the all rounder who played for the Chennai Super Kings and uh, he actually retired, you know, the same day or uh, probably a few days after Yuvraj Singh retired, uh, to go and play in the Global T20 League in Canada. And I did speak to him, and I I, I brought up this very point, asking him, you know, why youngsters don't prefer to play the Ranji Trophy, uh, why they're looking to play, you know, more of white ball cricket. And he said it's very simple, you know, why would you play five days of cricket and earn one fifth of what you're earning in the IPL, or maybe even one tenth of it, you know, because the BCCI doesn't really play pay players. Uh, you know, in the Ranji Trophy. They don't value you know their contributions in the Ranji Trophy. I think only off late this year, BCC has actually come up with a system where they're saying that they're going to pay players 30% extra, um, 40% extra, depending on the matches and things like that. Uh, they're putting up a fixed sum of money for each and every format. And I think that's the way to go forward. Um, but youngsters nowadays, obviously, I think they've realized the value of the IPL. That's what commercialism has done to cricket is that ipl is far more valued than any other format or any other domestic match uh, but that said i think players need to come out of this system uh, you know i i've always been a very very big advocate of the fact that uh, ipl cricket shouldn't be considered when you're picking a test team and ranji cricket should obviously be the be the sole focus because if you're picking players out of the ipl you know you you'd want them to play ipl like cricket if, if let's say you're picking, and, and that's why I was very happy that Devdar Parikal didn't make the trip to England, simply because he isn't prepared for that sort of an atmosphere. You know, you have seen him score 400 runs in the IPL, but he's not going to give you that sort of an attacking form of cricket, or he's not going to give you that fluent form of cricket when you put him against the likes of James Anderson, Ollie Robinson, Stuart Broad in England. So you need to pick cricketers who are coming in from the grind of playing that sort of Ranji Trophy cricket. Ah, uh, playing five days of te- a competitive test cricket. So, um, I-, I think the times will certainly change. Um, but that said, uh, I don't think the Ranji Trophy is as high paying as it probably should be. Uh, but hopefully, that changes, and you know, more cricketers, more youngsters, realize the value of red ball cricket as well. Yeah, and
0: something you mentioned there—it's um, being highlighted here in England in terms of uh, selection from red ball cricket. Because there's no red ball cricket going on at the moment. And they're picking players from white ball cricket to play test matches. And 100. we'll talk about that in a bit as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a shame uh, with uh, Unmukt, And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, like you said, hope he uh, has a sort of a career in, uh, in England. Uh, he'll always be remembered for bringing that World Cup to us. So, um, you know, all the best to him. Uh, but another piece of news that, you know, it's happening right now and really, you know, really sad pictures is from a neighbouring country, Afghanistan, and, uh, you know, the impact of what's happening there now that could have on the team, because cricket really took off once um, the coalition forces took, uh, took over Afghanistan in 2001. That's when it progressed and we found this powerhouse of cricket that's just gone Leaps and bounds in 20 years. No other cricket nation, I don't think, has progressed so quickly um, and brought so much talent that's world class level. You know, it's incredible the way it's happened. What do you think that's how it's going to affect the national team? Uh, I mean, the men's and women's, uh, because obviously there's a World Cup coming. The women's team has just been reintroduced a couple of years ago. Um, it's really sad to see. Um, how do you think? Things will pan out there.
1: Yeah, in terms of the women's cricket, I think it's it's going to be really, really hard uh, for it to sort of get that uh, respect and get that status that it has, um, because obviously we know what um, you know what the Taliban stands for in terms of uh, women in Afghanistan. Um, obviously, it, it seems to be coming at a stage where the Taliban have said that you know we're we're a better group now, uh, we're more you know peaceful and, and things like that. Um, but that'll probably be seen over a period of time and what they do with that uh, but what's interesting is that you know afghanistan cricket did come into existence in in the in that 1996 2000 period when taliban was running the country um that's when they were registered as an official um you know cricket board and things like that um and fairly recently um one, one of the former afghanistan cricketers i i, I I can't seem to recollect his name. But he was saying that um, the ACB uh, chairman, uh, Farhan Yousafzai, was actually running ACB from his headquarters in London. Uh, and that was something that was you know not helping the domestic structure of Afghanistan. Because if you're not in the country watching the games, watching how the sports happen, watching how the players are developing, uh, that's never going to help. And um, so he was saying that the biggest positive of Taliban coming into the country uh, is that cricket will probably flourish now given that the chairman will be someone who is in Afghanistan and uh, you know will be overlooking the procedure that happens. Uh, obviously, you know, Afghanistan has produced so many star cricketers Rachid Khan, Mohammad Nabi, Muji Rahman. Uh, we are seeing Ramatullah Garbaz now basically making his name. So, we're seeing a very good Afghanistan team forming, and uh, I just hope that it sort of uh, becomes a I, I and for some reason, you know, he also mentioned that Taliban likes cricket and you know they favor cricket and things like that. So I hope that's really true. And you know, we see that Afghanistan cricket is. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're also there in the T Twenty World Cup. They're going to be playing a series against Pakistan the next month in Sri Lanka uh, after it moved from UAE. So uh, it's going to be a very important couple of months for Afghanistan cricket to see that how it transpires and what happens. Um, so overall, uh, according to what is there in the news and what is there as per reports, I don't think Afghanistan cricket is going to be at a place where it can't re- uh, recover. Um, and in fact, it, it might actually be in a good place right now. Uh,
0: well, it's good to hear that from you that you, you know, you're quite optimistic in terms of the men's game. Obviously, we know what's going to happen to the women's game uh, if the track record is um, repeated. Uh, but in terms of men's team, you know I don't think it's unfair to say they're semi-final contenders, considering the talent they've got in the T20 format. Nobody will like to play them at any time of the uh, T20 World Cup. But the real test will be the mental uh, uh, you know, capacity because of what's happening back home with their families and what have you. And the first test will be whether the series against Pakistan takes place uh, because it's not going to be easy for those players. I know Rashid Khan's playing in hundred at the moment, and he's got family back home, and he's been talking about it. Uh, but um, it's not going to be easy for them, and uh, it's going to be a it's going to affect their game, surely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, anything that comes, uh, you know, in terms of family, is certainly going to be playing on uh, in their minds. Um, Rashid Khan did put up a very emotional post early on uh, last week, saying that you know, please don't kill our countrymen. Um, you know, we know we, we respect we respect each and every person. Um, you know we we hope that our families aren't affected, and I, I'm sure you know that will be playing in his mind. Um, obviously, all three of the Afghanistan players, in fact, will be playing for the Sunrisers Hyderabad in the IPL. Uh, but before that, he'll be taking part in the hundred. Uh, they have the series next month against Pakistan. So I think a lot of things happening, like you said, the series might not even happen because of uh, the IPL and these players might not even take part in that competition. So for Afghanistan to even sort of put up a team in this crisis and um, sort of take to the field will be something really, really monumental. Um, And I hope that it goes through because that's what Afghanistan needs right now. Some assurance that, you know, the country is in peace. Um, Things are happening in a positive sense and, you know, they, they aren't looking back at times when the country was in doldrums. Uh, they had to flee and things like that. So I think Afghanistan cricket is certainly producing talent. Like you said, um, you know, they could be semi-final contenders. You know, they're obviously in, in our group as well uh, with India, New Zealand, Pakistan and Afghanistan, the same group. So it's going to be some very exciting cricket from them for sure in the T20 World Cup. Uh, I hope they do put up a good challenge and um, it, it, it's definitely going to be interesting. So uh, I hope that the change in the, the political structure or atmosphere there doesn't really affect their uh, cricket.
0: Yeah, absolutely, because um, they're a wonderful team to watch. You know, they play with a smile on their face. They bring a lot of fun, uh, but they're a really talented bunch of uh, cricketers as well. And, uh, you know, just when they've uh, got a, a real chance of progressing in the T20 World Cup, this for, for this to happen, you know, it's a shame. But um, I'm glad you're optimistic, because when I was starting to hear the news over the weekend, I really thought my thoughts were with those sportsmen from that country. Um, especially the women Uh, but um, hopefully cricket might show the way uh, for that new government and uh, see what happens so we'll see how that pans out and obviously we'll talk about it as uh, we get nearer the tournament but talking of the tournament um, I'm pretty sure they don't get a computer to uh, pick the fixtures in terms of uh, who (laughs) plays when because there's no way the computer would have picked out India-Pakistan the first game in our group um it's to you know uh, have, have a slow start to the tournament let's have india pakistan you know as one of the opening games um if you want to get um a billion plus people watching tv from the start get interest in the tournament there's no bigger game but i think that what, what do you think of that first game and uh, india's uh, schedule
1: Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if the ICC planned India Pakistan first and then everything around that. (laughs) Obviously, you know, India Pakistan is as rare as uh, anything there you can find, and uh, the only time you know our two countries sort of uh, are at loggerheads is during these ICC tournaments. So I'm sure that the ICC would have planned this match first and then everything around that because you can't have a bigger start to a tournament than an India Pakistan clash. So. Um, you know, Diwali is coming early. October 24th is uh, the match that's happening, India-Pakistan, and I absolutely can't wait. You know, I mean, given the way Pakistan have been playing, given the way we've been playing, uh, it certainly is going to be a blockbuster clash. And uh, I, I, I'm happy that we certainly have the easier group because the other group is oh my god, it's 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 literally the group of death with Australia, England, West Indies, South Africa. and it's going to be it it's it's going to be absolutely sensational to follow this t20 world cup with the teams um in the form that they are and india pakistan i mean i on i mean like i said at the start uh, it's basically a new festival on the calendar that uh, we have and uh, it can't get more exciting so yeah it, really it, looking forward to it
0: for us it can work in two ways obviously you won't need any motivation or anything like that to play that game but Winning will really set us up for that tournament completely, and we should go into that tournament favourites. I think. I mean, Pakistan have got a decent, well, more than a decent T twenty well T uh, twenty team, but we should go in as favourites. But a loss in that game to those uh, uh, their, your neighbours, it's going to be quite a bit to recover from.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think half the people will stop watching the T twenty. World Cup. If we lose against Pakistan, because it, it's it's absolutely, I I I go as far as saying that it probably is a crime to lose against Pakistan in a in a match because because of all that's involved, the stakes that are there, you know, there's probably no no bigger game on the calendar with uh, the stakes as high as an India Pakistan game. So luckily, we've had the wood over them in the past yeah. uh, past few encounters. Um, you know, obviously they haven't won much against us in terms of the T20 format. Um, but yeah, um, uh, I really hope that we pull it off because like, like every time it happens in the IPL and RCB-CSK clash and India-Pakistan clash in the international games, um, the Ashes, I think, I think you really need to win those games and uh, you know, sort of prove that you're better than that very opposition. And even if we lose to Afghanistan, it won't matter as much as it, if it'll matter if we lose to Pakistan.
0: I don't think that cricket stadium is big enough. 25,000 for India-Pakistan. Those tickets are going to be like <laughs> unbelievable prices.
1: Yeah, I mean, if commercial of uh, commercialism of cricket has taught as anything, they are certainly going to make all their money in that one game. <laughs> because I, I think it's going to be sold out. You, you might even find people, you know, if, if COVID wasn't the case, you, you'd have two people sitting on one seat <laughs> and things like that. Because it it, it doesn't get bigger than India-Pakistan. So, I, I think the sales are going to be uh, off the roof. Um, you know, it, it's certainly going to be very, very exciting.
0: Yeah, I think uh, they've opened the registration for the – I don't know what the uh, plans are for um, spectators. I think even for the IPL, let's talk, uh, spectators will be allowed in. So if they are for the IPL, they will be for the World Cup. Uh, but to get one of those tickets for that first game, uh, you'll be a very popular person if you've got a spare. Um, I believe you, me. But uh, <laughs> in terms of um, the group, uh, we've got New Zealand, Afghanistan straight after that. Then we play the qualifiers, most likely Bangladesh from Group B and Ireland probably finishing second in Group A. We should still um, finish in the top two to get to the semifinals.
1: No, I definitely I definitely think we're finishing top two. Uh, it'll be awesome if Pakistan can make it as well, because then that might set up another clash in, uh, you don't know, in say that. the offer will take one uh, game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm certainly gonna, you know, uh, cut all my nails up front because I don't think <laughs> I'll be able to stop myself when the matches happen. But you know what's interesting is if if Sri Lanka finished second in group A. And Bangladesh finished first in Group B. That's going to be an Asia Cup with like New Zealand involved because it's going to be India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and um, yeah, that's about it. And New Zealand, so they're just going to be left out of place. And uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward. To it. I think um, I think India certainly will finish in the top two, um, uh, and I, I I have a feeling New Zealand a better place than Pakistan at this point in time. Uh, in in terms of form and in terms of strength of the squad and you know how they are uh, the recent uh, results, so I think India, and New Zealand will make the uh, top two from our group, and from the first group it's really hard to say. I mean England are obviously favourites to win the competition. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. I fancy
0: um, the West and Australia, if you go group.
1: by, yeah, yeah, a, I mean, I I think it it's gonna be either implode or explode for West Indies because they don't know any other form of cricket. Um, you know, given the way that they played in the recent series against Australia as well, um, it just—it just, it just I, in my opinion, the the only flaw in West Indies is they don't have that one batsman who can uh, play. I mean, stay stay around, and the rest of them can sort of explode around that one guy. Um, so I think that's something that they need to sort out, and their bowling attack as well, because um, they've gone back to their old war horses in the form of Bravo, Pollard, uh, Russell, Chris Gale. So. Uh, all these players certainly have the experience, and you know they're big stars in the IPL. But for them to figure out the 11, figure out how they can sort of work their plans around one particular individual in the batting department, and rely on someone in the bowling department, will be very, very hard. Uh, but yeah, apart from England, I've got a feeling that either West Indies or um, I, I wouldn't say South Africa because they—it's a very, very weird team right now. Yeah. I definitely don't see them making that top two.
0: No, it's so really yeah, a bad place between
1: moment. West Indies and Australia, I'd say I'd say uh, Australia for me because they're going to have their big guns back um, with uh, Warner, Steve Smith, Stark, uh, all of them announced in their 15-man squad.
0: Yeah, yeah, they've already announced it. As have New Zealand, and New Zealand are one of those teams that always get to the semi-finals. Uh, you underestimate it, your peril, but obviously again, <laughs> we'll talk about the uh, T20 World Cup as we get nearer the time and as the squads. Uh, get announced, uh, especially ours. We'll have a, I'm sure we'll have a few uh, debates around players picked and more broadly not picked. Um, but before we move on to the incredible series that's happening now, I just want to get your thoughts on I've just thought about this and we we're talking about, have you been watching the 100?
1: Well, I must say I haven't watched too much of it. I was very excited to watch it at the start. Um, I, I did watch a couple of matches. Uh uh, in the both in both the women's and the men's matches, uh, but I haven't watched too much of it. Um, I've just like followed it here and there because like players are getting picked into the England side. None of them can bat, and uh, so they're just depending on the hundred to get players in. It's I've
0: just not watched it. I mean, I've got no investment. None of the teams are near me. We've got Nottingham, but uh, you know I've got no links to Nottingham, so why would I support them? And I'm not going to support. You know, Birmingham is the next team next to me, but. Uh, yeah, the crowds have been there, but I just don't see the point of the hundred because the T Twenty Blast used to get those sort of crowds, uh, especially the final yeah. day. I think they and the quarterfinals. Um, but um, maybe it's the first season, so it needs time. But um, and I just I'm not I'm not buying it at the moment. Uh, maybe I mean the players. There's not <laughs> big names there, obviously. Hardly any Indians. It's good yep. to see the Indian women uh, playing a big part in their yep. team, yep. so that's really good to see. But um, no, I've, I've not bought into the hundred yet. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts and whether you know people are taking because I, I actually, if I'm awake, I'll watch the uh, the the, uh, the bash, the big bash. I think it's good to watch. It's a good uh, yep. and, and the uh, Caribbean Premier League uh, is covered here. But the hundred, uh, it's just not taken.
1: Uh, I've not taken to it as yet uh so we'll I, I i think what happened initially was that uh, everyone was very excited about the format because it was something new uh, they wanted to figure out how you know teams play out those hundred balls and the combinations that were going to be in play and things like that um and and once the format was figured out i think like you said there, there aren't too many big names out there uh, you would see the same names in the ipl um you know probably Uh, Fewer names, in fact, because obviously you don't see those local English players in the IPL. So uh, it died down as people started realizing that there's not much that can be tweaked within the format. Uh, They probably watched the first four or five games to see what the format is, what the hype is, how teams are going to play out. And later on, it was just a shortened version or probably a DLS or a truncated version of a D20 game. So uh, that's probably what it is, um, you know. And there are way too many matches happening, way too many formats, way too many players playing all over the place for you to follow one one uh, league fully. So I think that's what it is, yeah.
0: I don't think this will um, expand to other countries, the 100. so um, we'll ah, see. No, no, no,
1: not happening. <laughs> no. Uh,
0: but, um, yeah, the ECB are banking on this to become a success and become a bit of a cash cow for them. So we'll see what happens. Now, the England... Uh, India Series, I mean, that f- fifth day, uh, I'm, I was lucky enough, like I said, to be on holiday and I didn't move from my chair. Um, how was your day on the fifth day? And when he started, what were you hoping for? All three results were possible. But also, tell yeah. me, when did we grow a tail?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure we ever grew a tail. It just sort of uh, happened to uh, take place on that very day. Uh, 181 for six. Rishabh Pant out there. Nick Solly Robinson to Josh Butler. Out walks. You know. You know. You you have only bowlers left. You've got Ishan Sharma. You've got Shami. You've got and You've got Siraj. You have no one to back. On. You've got no lead whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, all all three are number 11s except Ishan Sharma, and they're scoring a 50. I mean, I, so I I'm actually in my answers, and I was telling my cousin that you know shami might end up on the honors board before virat <laughs> kohli does and i'm sure kohli didn't want that and that's why he called the boys back in early uh, you know he, he didn't want to see shami's name up there before his own but yeah it was an incredible effort i think uh, it just showed real character uh, especially in bumrah you know you, you don't see the man you know celebrating too much you don't see him flustered too much but i think the Englishman certainly got to him with all this sledging with the bouncers yeah. and you know mark wood uh, you know rattling him on the helmet and uh, you know bumrah you know sort of saying no i don't want the single i want to face Ollie Ro- i want to face mark wood and the character was really brought out and him celebrating every single wicket the the last shot after anderson was bowled uh, bumrah's a deep yeah. deep square leg He's jumping all over the place. Virat Kohli's run probably two kilometers away from the ground.
0: He just, you know, after everything's every happening,
1: and, yeah, he does that after every wicket. And yeah, but but to see the other celebrating the way that he did, you know, you can see how he's transformed Muhammad Siraj into from a meme from someone who was used as a meme. Um, you know with his ipl performances and him giving away runs to probably india's best red ball bowler in the series i think um, you know it, it's been spectacular and that lodge test was absolutely phenomenal i think to get that lead of of, uh, of the runs that we did you know with the tail uh, absolutely phenomenal and uh, that there, there couldn't have been a better uh, day 5 in my opinion but more importantly, I think it's very important to understand you know, that Pujara and Rahane certainly played their parts in getting India, or rather, taking the test match into the fifth day uh, with the resistance uh, that they provided with the bats. So overall, I think a uh, very, very pleasing test match.
0: And uh, we've just got a comment here. It's good to have support from the family. Uh, Ashok Keshwala asking uh, Do you think this, this is the best win overseas so far? We had one in the winter.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean,. Uh... I, I'd say it was because um, you know this this wasn't expected of the tail. Um, I'd say that you you'd expect you know probably Washington Sundar and Rishabh Pant to play the knocks that they did in uh, in the final test match, um, and obviously you know it's it, it's so it's so exciting to uh, to see that something something happening that um, you know that that you you see off late is that the tail is contributing in every other country except in India. So, uh, to see that Shami and Boomer obviously contributed to the bat and, and then later on the bowler stepped up. I think it was a very, very satisfying day if I went. Like you, I didn't move an inch as well. I had my laptop on the couch and uh, sat and watched every single ball of that final day. So, uh, fantastic uh, win. And probably, yeah, probably one of the best uh, test wins overseas.
0: Absolutely, I've just got to answer Shubnam here. He's he's on the, he's, he's watching the show, but he's a football uh, show fan, and he's on every week. <laughs> and I love the guy for uh, following the uh, desi sports uh, Shubnam, we're back on Sunday for 4 p.m. Indian time. So join us then. But I'm glad you're on the cricket show as well because with Prasant, it's always fun. So carry on watching the cricket show as well. But the football show is back on Sunday. Um, But in terms of uh, the cricket and um, the the game against uh, England, uh, Joe Root took a lot of criticism here in terms of how he set up the field and the bowling against our so-called tail-enders. Do do you agree with that?
1: I think the England bowlers definitely bowled better than what we did, uh, to be very honest, because um, when you're bowling to tail-enders, I think... As much as you'd want them to nick one to the keeper, I don't think they're interested to score runs um, as much as you'd expect them to. Um, I, I think we were certainly uh, bowling a lot outside the off stump. Uh, we weren't uh, asking Robinson to play. Uh, we weren't getting getting him to sort of you know want to play the ball. And the ball that got him out eventually, uh, bumra bowling from Mara on the wicket, the slow no, ball that in he terms bowled. Of,
0: um, um, the England ball against uh, Isha and Shami on the fifth day
1: yeah i mean that too i think uh, I, I think shami and bumrah certainly played a lot of good shots uh, you you probably wouldn't expect that from the indian tail you know that especially that one cover drive that uh, shami played i think it was a glorious shot mm. um, and and I, I don't i don't think they bowled too bad to be very honest um, it's just that uh, fr- somehow the uh, indian tail found uh, found a way to bat and uh, they they were really successful at it uh, you could see that Shami was really enjoying his batting, thrashing Mohin Ali 90 metres. Uh, <laughs> rather, the ball, I think, hit the roof and went out of the stadium even and <laughs> things like that. So, I think they really enjoyed the batting. I don't think England did much wrong, in my opinion. Uh, it was just that the Indian tail batted really well.
0: Yeah, there was just comments uh, on Root, I think he himself admitted in the post-match commentary, uh, interview that um, tactically he got it wrong. I think he was going, he was giving too many singles to the players. And it wasn't attacking enough. But, um, you know, you mentioned the passion and uh, the spirit. (sighs) Mohamed Siraj. Oh, man. He was pumped up. And you've seen quite a bit of Mohamed Siraj, obviously. Um, Did you see that? I think that's his best bowling performance by a long
1: way. Absolutely. I think uh, he certainly developed into a far, far better bowler than what he was probably a year, year ago, a year and a half ago. Uh, And that started from the Australian series where, you know, he was phenomenal. He picked up that five-wicket haul. Uh, He was leading the bowling attack in the absence of Ishan, Shami um, and Bumrah. So I think overall, uh, Siraj has sort of blossomed into a very, very good red ball bowler. Um, and obviously, Virat Kohli and the bowling coach Bharat Arun have, have played a very, very big role there because it's hard to have that sort of a temperament in test match cricket where you can get bogged down by batsmen denting, uh, denting every ball by defending it or leaving the ball. But I think Siraz has developed a very, very good um, ability to trouble batsmen. You saw that with the back-to-back wickets. Um, making Sam Karan the first man to have a king pair at Lord's. And, uh, you know, obviously, unfortunate that he didn't end up on the Lord's Honours Board. Uh, Siraj obviously picking up eight wickets. But, um, you know, I I don't think that matters uh, to him as long as India wins. So, uh, he played a very, very big role there. He was even in contention for the Man of the Match Award, but that went to Rahul for his 129. So, But I'm, I'm really happy with the way Siraj has transitioned into the bowler that he is. Uh, you know, that the wicket-taking bowler, the, the guy who says uh, never mm. give up uh, and has that attitude to always uh, pick up wickets. And he even now has a celebration that you really can't complain much about. So, yeah. uh, he's he's just uh, he's just a fantastic bowler. I
0: mean, he got into such a rhythm that he thought he was going to take a wicket with every ball. He, he, he but, al- yeah. al- almost got a hat-trick. But he was really pumped up from the first ball when the England bowlers, uh, openers came in. And he was running in and giving him um, some verbal uh, advice, shall yeah. we say. <laughs> um, the Indian team was really pumped up. I think uh, there was a lot of, um, how shall we say, uh, passion from both sides. Words were said. But this Indian team gives it as good as it, you know, as it, it, it gets as well. And uh, there is a, th- a thin line that you don't cross, but I don't think they crossed it.
1: Yeah I think that's what Virat Kohli brings to the team you know he, he's he's never going to back down from a fight he's always going to give uh, blow for blow uh, he's he's someone who's very very passionate about winning someone who's very passionate about Making sure that his team is in the right spirit, I think. Um, I think Sky basically released a clip where uh, you know he said these 60 should feel like hell for these England batsmen, and I, I'm sure that they certainly felt the heat that uh, the Indian team sort of brought uh, brought forward. So, I think Kohli has really instilled that sort of aggression in the team. You can see that in every single bowler. Um, if you see someone like Bumrah who really doesn't celebrate much, jumping and almost you know injuring himself and things like that, you know that uh, this this Indian team is certainly certainly you know something that um, loves the aggression, loves the passion that flows within the team. So uh, very happy with the win. I think this was this is a very important win for the Indian team. Uh, almost coming back from the jaws of defeat to win to win a very very important test. So. Uh, Overall, credit to Poli where it's due. He's honestly changed his team a lot, um, instilled that winning uh, atmosphere in the side. Uh, and you can see it, like you said, it, it just seemed like Siraj was going to come and pick up a wicket off every ball. Um, he was really enjoying his bowling, uh, sort of staring at Robinson, even if he didn't meet eye to eye or wasn't at that level. So, uh, very, very pleasing win and uh, a very pleasing test match overall.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great theatre. And like you said... Um, on the morning of the fifth, uh, you probably thought England were slight favourites because, of, especially after the early wicket of punt. Uh, but uh, it's a new generation of Indian players that we've had for a few years that is being showcased at the moment. Uh, but I, you know, the man of the match, but also you know the opening partnership between Rohit and uh, KL really set us up in tough, tough conditions.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it was very important because uh, Rohit Sharma himself said that uh, it was a very pleasing knock and it's probably the best he's seen Kale Rahul bat. Um, you know, given that Kale Rahul wasn't even supposed to be playing this game, Mayank Agarwal was due to play it. But uh, because he got concussed and uh, he couldn't play, Kale Rahul came in. And the maturity he showed, uh, the way that he gelled with Rohit Sharma, obviously Rohit is someone who is naturally aggressive. Uh, Kale rahul complimented that by playing the patient uh, knock and you know sort of uh, weathering out the early new ball storm so i think the partnership worked out really well um, they've obviously batted together in the past as well in the limited overs format so uh, it, it was very pleasing to the eye i think to see one guy going after the bowlers and one guy sort of patiently uh, batting it out while the other one um, goes off uh, you know with, with the shots that he has so a uh, very pleasing partnership. I think it was very important that we got off to a good start because our middle order was certainly shaky heading into the series. Um, and uh, for for both of them to sort of put up that partnership uh, was very important.
0: And um, let's be fair, with a bit of... Um, if, if, if it wasn't for the weather, we, we should have won the first Test
1: Match as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we certainly went in the driver's seat to win that. Uh, England got lucky, I think, Um Michael won for all the tweeting that he's been doing. Finally, you he know, been delivery. happy that uh, he uh, knows what he's doing.
0: He... <laughs> it's just that we Indians bite and we uh respond, we shouldn't, we should just keep quiet because we know why he's doing it.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it would have been pretty fun if India had won that because we could have gone, gone all out against him, but uh, it didn't even happen after the second test, so I'm not complaining.
0: And uh, at the moment, the England team is really down. Now, in a way, I'm glad there's this little break um, until next week because India was such a high that they'll have time to get back uh, to you know getting ready for the uh, the third test, and it, it's not straight away starting because you could still have the after effects of that incredible win. So I'm glad the break's at the right time. But any any concerns around when you're winning, you know, even uh, the performance of one player is sort of like uh, um, you know papered over but the one player i just want to opinion on yeah any concerns around Pujara? uh
1: there are certainly concerns around him uh, I, I i wouldn't say that there aren't concerns at all but uh, obviously given his recent returns uh it isn't ideal you know that he's getting out early considering you know what he's done in the past um but i i i feel that you know the, the innings that he played um you know the 43 that he scored uh, will certainly keep him in good stead ahead of the third test because uh, he needed those runs. More importantly, he needed to stay out there and prove to his critics that uh, you know he he obviously can't play the waiting game. He is known to play that sort of a role. So, um, like I said earlier, that partnership between him and Rahane was instrumental in taking the game into the fifth day. Um, otherwise, I don't even think we would have had that sort of uh, runs on the board. Uh, it wouldn't have given the tail uh, you know, some some it wouldn't have basically taken the shine of the ball uh, to help the tail bat later on. Um, you know, despite you know the new ball being taken later, um, I think the confidence was built in the team by the way Pujara and Rahane batted. So uh, very important for Pujara to score that runs, and uh, I hope he maintains that form into the third, fourth, and fifth test because he's obviously one of the main batters in the side. And uh, uh, for him to score that runs and to put up that knock, I think was uh, very very important
0: and um, so from what you're saying shouldn't consider any changes for the third test at leeds uh,
1: it is very hard to keep out um, you know to keep out someone like ashwin uh, with the experience that he has and you know 400 plus test wickets but who are you going to drop you can't really exactly. drop anyone after uh, you know after the win that we had um so it, it's it's very hard to to make any changes so i wouldn't say we're going to make any changes um, I, I think we're going to stick with the same 11, as hard as it is to keep Ashwin uh, out of the side.
0: Uh, question for you, Prasant from Shubnam. How long does Rahane stay after this?
1: Oh, well, that's that's a very, very important question. I think it's something that uh, probably Rahane has in his mind as well. Uh, how long am I going to stay after uh, after the poor performances that he's had? Uh, But I think Kohli is someone who really believes in his players. Um, You know, he's believed in his players for a long time. We haven't seen him making too many changes in the side unless it's injury, uh, it's forced by an injury or something like that. Um, so I'd, I'd say that he, he certainly will play the upcoming two Test matches. Um, certainly the next one. Uh, they won't drop him uh, given that he's a vice captain, he's someone who uh, that the important hundred that he scored in Australia as well. Obviously he's not in the greatest of form, uh, but I, I certainly don't think they'll drop him right away. Uh, he's a very important member of that side. He's played a lot of games for the country and he sort of he's he's that, he's that sort of batsman who is going to score runs as well as defend. Unfortunately, things haven't gone his way. Um, you know, he he's had a very very lean patch, uh, but I think even just just like the way Pujara played an important knock in that fourth innings, he also played a very very important hand at making sure that um, you know the Indian team didn't uh, get skittled out early on. So I think that'll be a confidence booster, and he'll take that into the third test, and uh, hopefully from there he scores runs and makes sure that uh, he has a big impact. So I don't think he's going away anytime soon. But if he fails in the upcoming test matches, then that might sort of uh, sound the alarm bells going forward.
0: And going forward, um, somebody said that we should be winning the next two or three, well, winning the next, uh, this series very comfortably. I was trying to find the right word because I don't want to say we're going to win the next three test matches, but... The way the England team is at the moment, especially the uh, their batting, uh, the struggles they're having in the opening. I mean, you've seen they a, uh, a white ball specialist into the test team in Milan, uh, who's not played any test cricket for, I don't know how long, uh, a couple of years maybe, uh, that they're really struggling. And uh, when a team's down, you've really got to finish them off. Um, we, what are your thoughts on the rest of the series and where England are and the troubles they're having and how well we are in terms of uh, the confidence
1: I think England need to find someone else who can score runs apart from Root. That's going to be their major uh, focus. They've tried a lot of players. They, they obviously have now dropped Dom Sibley from the side. They've got in David Milan. Uh, but again, you know how much he brings to the table in terms of white ball, uh, red ball cricket versus what he's done in white ball cricket is something that's going to be assessed very thoroughly because uh, we're seeing that the Indian bowlers are performing really well. And obviously, in England, you expect bowlers to do well. Um, I think they're really missing out uh, someone like Stuart Broad who can trouble batsmen with that uh, fuller length. Sam Curran hasn't exactly uh, proved his worth, if I can put it that way, apart from taking that wicket of Virat Kohli. Uh, he obviously got a king pair. You'd expect an all-rounder to contribute a lot more than that. Um, so, I, I think in terms of a team overall, they need to find someone who can stick around, who can score runs like the way Joru did i think uh, one of the biggest positives is the way Josh butler took the game almost until the end uh, with 8-8. exactly you know for someone who's as attacking as him uh, you know for for someone who can score runs at such a breakneck speed uh, for him to play so many deliveries and not score runs and rather stick around make sure that uh, you know he plays out the overs was very very important i think it's more than scoring runs for him to have lasted that long is going to be a big positive for England, uh, but they certainly need to get to find a way uh, to score runs uh, for someone to score runs apart from Joe Root, and unfortunately, that's not happening in conditions which are favorable to the England team. They know the conditions, uh, and instead, the Indian team is doing that. So uh, they they certainly need to sit and figure out a way by which you know they don't they don't depend on Joe Root, uh, and I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for them.
0: Yeah, it is a, a struggle because Joe Root's coming in. Um, you know, after about thirty runs, they're two down. Um, they're just not getting the the start, and then they bring a young player like Habibin, who's not played any Test cricket for I don't know how many years again, and he's under pressure already because even if he plays a third Test, which he will, because there's, who else are you going to play? Um, after the yep. duck and then the struggles he had in the second innings, because he was lucky, uh, he, he stuck around for 40 odd balls. But it's just so fragile that batting order at the top. And once Root goes, the team collapses, and uh, they've got no yep. other op- op- they've got an option after that. So they're in a bit of trouble at the moment, England. They've got uh, quite a few headaches, and um, you know, with their main man st- uh, staying away from the game for, yeah, you know, Hopefully, he'll be back for the T20 World Cup. I'm not sure where else they can go for any players. But that's their problem, as they say. It's it's not our problem. <laughs> but I think for us, it's it's looking good for the uh, third, fourth and fifth test. Uh, I'll just put a message up. Uh, Shubnam is being kind and giving England a win. Um, He thinks England will win, but will win the series. Uh, I'll be surprised if England win. What do you think? A test match?
1: Yeah, no, I really don't see them winning a test. Um, Because obviously... Uh, as well as the england bowlers are doing uh, james anderson's probably going to be playing for the next 50 years uh, but <laughs> they don't have that sort of a player you know apart from joe root in the batting order that they can depend on um, and like i said you know the the england conditions obviously favor the bowlers uh, where bowlers are obviously going to enjoy the conditions a lot more and you need batsmen to sort of weather the storm uh, ensure that they're out there to sort of you know tent the bowling attacks but that's not happening with england they don't have anyone uh, probably Hasib Hamid will be, again, sent up the order in place of Dom Sibley and he'll open the throat. He burns. Um, uh, you know, someone like David Malan coming into the side in the middle order. Again, isn't tested in the red ball format as much as he'd probably like. Uh, Ollie Pope hasn't found in the si- uh, a place in the side. Uh, Zach Crawley, you know, hasn't scored runs. Daniel Lawrence was thrown out of the side. So, uh, it's an England team that's really in confusion. Uh, they don't know their 11 yet. Or I'd say that they don't know their top seven yet. Uh, and that's really unfortunate because I, I think among the players, only Joe Root, Moin Ali and Josh Butler and James Anderson are certainties to start. Obviously, given there's no Stuart Broad, uh, Ollie Robinson makes the side, but the batting order really doesn't have an exoskeleton that you can depend on. So, I really don't see them winning a test because they don't have the batsman to score runs as much as they have the bowlers to take the wickets. So, it's going to be very, very hard for them to uh, get to a stage where they can beat India, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and they're already talking about the Ashes series and not looking forward to it at all at the moment. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a few problems for England. But it's been an incredible time for Indian sport all round. You know, we were crying when we heard the national anthem when Neeraj won the gold medal. Hockey came home uh you know with that bronze medal and this test victory on uh monday it's great time to be an indian sports lover as it were so but it's even better when i'm talking to you as well about it so you know this hour has absolutely phoned by uh we've covered a lot of um uh, topics but uh, the main thing is we're back and uh, you're back and it's good to talk to you and um the weekly show will hopefully continue now as uh, there is a lot more cricket to come. But uh, all I can say is thank you, Prasan. Uh, You know It's been really good. You stay safe, my friend. And uh, no doubt we'll catch up uh, next week again when there'll be another Test match and more cricket to talk about.
1: Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me again. Uh, obviously, love uh, being on the show and chatting with you. So thank you so much and uh, see you next week.
0: Fantastic. And last comment goes to Shubnam a loyal viewer and supporter. I love the Olympic show too and love this conversation. Thank you, Shavnam. It's all down to Prasan and the guests and um, supporters like you. But Quick um, thank you to everybody. Thanks, Prasan. Take care, my friend.
1: Thanks, brother. Cheers.